Hey everybody, it's Michael Martin. Thanks for being here. Happy Monday. So you might have seen the, uh, I didn't see it myself, but I've heard that there was a, a bit of a spat on Reddit in and around GameStop um, from a, you know, a research analyst who had strong opinions, put those feelings out there. And uh, I said, put the feelings out there deliberately. Don't, don't, don't uh, underestimate what I mean by that. I'll come back to that in a second. And became very, very vocal about the, the firm's opinions on things. And it was met with some great opposition. And after having spiked already once and doubling in price, the, the Security Friday was up another monster amount kind of in the face of this bearish research report. So let's come back to the research report. Whenever I see anybody who has a strong opinion about something, even if it's well-researched or what have you, you have to understand that when they go to uh, one of these financial news networks or they're going to live stream something themselves, you have to look on a scale of 1 to 10 is what is the ego doing at that point, right? What is it that, what emotional needs are they satisfying in themselves by doing or saying what they're saying, right? So I looked at this, and just again from a 30,000-foot view, when people have a real need to be smart, they, they almost always have a blind spot to losing an enormous amount of money. So I put it out there as advice that if you have really strong opinions about stuff, you might consider keeping them to yourself because what's the point of putting it out there if you're not selling research reports or subscriptions to services as such? What's the real benefit of going out there, right? Because there's a way to share insight and then there's another way to make a market call. And the market calls typically come from people who, in my, my experience, more times than not, are very, very opinionated. Uh, they're fundamentally driven. And coincidentally, they don't have great parameters for risk management, i.e. they don't know how to trade. Um, so this puts you know, the situation into sharp relief. How could someone come out with a bearish report on GameStop, make the play, but also be hedged. Because now at whatever price the thing is, that entity might be able to sell short now if the security goes back to 20 bucks. But what will they have lost on the short? My guess is we'll never know. But what you can see right now in the second big leg up could be a penalty uh, for short covering. So... My take would be, if you have strong opinions about things, keep them to yourself. If you're sharing your thought process and you're open to feedback, you know, that's what social media is for. Myself, I tend to be very demure on those types of things because, you know, it's really something for the, the end user to figure out on their own. I said last week, traders trade. And the experience is going to give you all the how-to it's going to be the best course you could ever take is to just do it. You'll never be perfectly ready. You might feel really insecure. You might feel that you don't know anything. And that may be the case. But by doing, the education that you'll get will be outstanding. I've said also before, risk $10. The amount of money 
isn't necessarily important to the extent that it is real money. It's not paper trading. The paper trading part, you know, it's interesting to just kind of see the moving parts and go through a demo account so you know how to enter buy long, sell short, how do you enter stops and limits and all that. You need to have some tactical proficiency on the platform that you're using. But you can do that over, honestly, one day. That's not something that should take several weeks to learn to master, right? And if you're trading small enough, even if a security, you know, if you sold 10 shares of GameStop short following this person's advice and it went up 30 bucks, not really going to get hurt. So keep that in mind as you're out in the community that there's a way to solicit feedback on what you're doing versus putting things out there, making a stand, and getting your head cut off. I don't see how anyone can really you know, benefit by having these debates. I think if we learned anything from the last four years is that you put a stick in someone's eye, they're not just going to sit there. You know, they're going to come back. And then how do you make money with that? You know what I mean? I always look at these folks who get into these Twitter battles and I'm like, well, how does this turn into cash? How do you build assets here? Maybe making money isn't the only thing in life. It probably isn't. But when you're during like nine to five, you would figure someone's, you know, those are working hours for most people. Again, there's an emotional payoff. So if someone wants to pontificate as a CFA research firm and come out and say, you know, GameStop is going by way of Enron, I don't believe that myself, but, you know, making a, a hypothetical here. And there's some rather vociferous folks who feel otherwise. There's an emotional payoff to this whole system here, right? What do they get out of it? What are they going to get out of it emotionally? What do they get out of it financially? I don't necessarily find that, you know, this, this uh, I call it social media rubbernecking, right? Any of you ever grew up or drove in the Northeast, especially around the New York City, they'd come through the radio and give you the traffic report, and they'd say, oh, there's rubbernecking on the, the Major Deegan. And Major Deegan's is a highway, um, heads north and south. And rubbernecking is the idea that there's an accident in the southbound lane, but northbound traffic slows. Why? Because everyone is slowing down to look to see what's happening in the southbound lane. So there's really nothing impeding the northbound traffic other than the curiosity of looking over to see what all the flashing lights are about, right? Is it an accident, right? Is it some other type of construction? Who knows what? So I don't want to get into all of that because at the end of the day, I don't really care about what anyone else's opinion is about a particular security. You have to do your own homework. You really have to, you know, find your own trading ethos. I think it's very difficult to buy into subscription services and then try to figure out what it is that you're doing. You know, I have so many people writing in the investment advisory space who oversee tons of cash. And they tell me about their subscriptions to like someone who's really bright, like Jim Cramer, right? And he provides analysis and insight, but then you have to figure out, well, like, well, which of these names am I going to put on to work? If every day I'm getting his action alerts, I myself don't get it. I respect who he is. I respect his brain. Um, I read one of his books, uh, Confessions of a Wall Street Addict or something like that. And at the time, I didn't really care for him all that much. I thought he was a carnival barker. Um, but I can remember, I, I remember, I learned a lot about myself in that process, too, to not judge people. And I say that in all humility, because I did judge him. I heard him, and I thought he's another guy, like the other guy before him who got arrested for insider trading. I can't remember his name. I can see his face. 
just one man's opinion, whoever that guy was. Um, and I remember I was standing in Westwood, just a few blocks south of UCLA's campus, main campus, and there was a Borders Books there at the time. Now it's a Ross for Less or what have you, which, of course, we all need 50-cent underpants, but that's another conversation. And I saw his face. I think it was a greenish cover, and I was like, oh, yeah, here's this book, you know, Confessions of a Street Addict, whatever. And I've read most books, right? I either own them, people send them as gifts, or I get review copies. So there's really not a book out there that anyone's done that I don't somehow get one way or another. Sometimes they send the PDF. Sometimes I get a Kindle. Sometimes I get who knows what. I try to read them all. The thing is, is that a lot of what, after several decades, I kind of have my own style, and I kind of feel that a lot of what's what's been said or what needs to be known has already been said. Obviously, if someone puts new insight on things or do what I do and write more of a memoir on their journey, then that could be enlightening for sure. So anyway, I read Jim's book, and I, like what I learned from read, reading that book and who I thought he was where, as you can imagine, we're 180 degrees, you know, out of phase. And I remember learning, because I remember I can see where I was standing uh, and reading that book in the business section. It was upstairs. Uh, and I read the book cover to cover, standing up. And I thought, wow, I have a new respect for this person. He's been through a lot to get where he's going. And, uh, you know, he's no joke. So when I see people, you know, giving him smack on social media, I'm like, here's a guy who's just trying to provide insight more than trade recommendations, right? Because if you subscribe to anything, it's up to you to figure out what you believe. I'll say this, though, and I know who's listening. There's enormous amounts of blind spots there. Because if you come to the market, again, I know who you are, I know who's listening, with fundamental opinions, you can't possibly have fundamental opinions of everything that's going on in the world. We're just not that smart. So I like to follow what Paul Tudor Jones said, or at least is attributed to him as a quote, and that is price moves first, fundamentals follow. Ultimately, the fundamentals have to follow through on some level or the belief in that fundamental, right, to sustain the price. Ultimately, there's got to be earnings, earnings growth, and all that kind of fun stuff. Yes, I understand that debt has a big part of it, but interest rates are zero, cost of carry is low, and even the shittiest little piece of shit company can refinance now for like 3%. So... Um, cost of carry is a bigger issue when rates are higher, but nonetheless, debt load can affect earnings, but you can look for earnings growth. That's what I would do. Anyway, this isn't a lesson on how to trade fund stocks and fundamentals. So what ends up happening is you have all these people who dig in their heels, and if they don't know how to trade, you know, you ask them or you see on TV, and I don't watch TV because I don't have one, the you know, when do you know to sell? And they say, well, the fundamentals change. Now, I've taught CFAs, and I can assure you this, is that by the time the fundamentals change, they will be in line with you as the last people to know. Because it's impossible to see unless you're interviewing the people at the company or you have access to the CFO. And even then, it's still after the fact, right? So that's why you should only trust the price for managing your risk. You can figure out the fundamentals after. Now that's for your protective stops. In order to merge or to migrate from being a fundamental trader generating your ideas, you need to look at the, st at the stocks and at your universe to see what's making new highs. That can help you develop your fundamental opinion because the price is the reality. 
it's not a person's education, their background, how many languages they speak, all that kind of fun stuff. Now, you can study the fundamentals and certainly have a nice cigar, chat, single malt whiskey with your friends and, and debate things and learn and get some insight. That's all very valuable. But this whole thing on Wall Street about opinions and people publishing them and starting fights, like I don't see that it helps anybody. It just creates, you know, all this bad energy. And, uh, you know, I haven't read the research report. I'm not going to. I don't need to because I can just see what the result is. And most of the time when those folks start making pontifications about stuff, the, the market call is not the point. That's just the vehicle for them to get their emotional needs met, which is to go out in public and try to be smart. And so I just like, forget that. There's no, well, who cares about that? I don't care what people think about me or anything else. So, you know, figure out when you, when you look at your trading and the roles that you play in your own life, what's the win? Because there's a financial win, there's also an emotional win or loss. And someone a lot brighter than me said, pride's a big banana peel. If you're looking for that type of feedback on how smart you might be or not, you know, it puts you in a tough spot. Because if you're wrong, you get a very, very, very public humiliation. And then, of course, there's anonymous people who are going to be spanking you and saying stuff to get under your skin that makes you react. Then you look unprofessional because you can't take a punch but you put yourself in that situation in the first place. So I would take a minute, take a beat, and play it all out and uh, think about what the outcomes are because I can tell you this, when you flip that coin and you're full of hubris, the other side when it comes up tails is abject humility. And if you don't have the thick enough skin to take that, you know, to put your work out in the public domain where anyone can say anything and it's just as good as anyone else's, you know, feedback you know, you want to think about that before you get involved because those are the rules of the game. And <laughs> you don't get to selectively choose how you want to play that game if you're going to try to play it out in the public domain, right? So think about it. Think about, you know, thoughts and think about, you know, I guess the moral of the story was valuations. Things can become, you can still trade a rational exuberance and make a ton of cash, Right? And, you know, ride that until the move is over and the price tells you it's the right time to get out. You don't have to worry about what the label means, right? I have lots of friends who are forensic, you know, accountants in the CFA space, and they come up with these reports. And I think it's all very, very interesting and insightful. But the point is, is that trading off of that, too, is very, 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 very difficult. Um, Anyway, just my thoughts, because I had a lot of folks chime in and say, how how come you're not getting involved in this? How come you don't offer your insight? And it's like, well, what can I add, you know, that I haven't, that I can't just say on my own show for my own audience or the people who actually care? You know, jumping into that fray is, is to me, it's kind of like a low-rent argument, not getting into it. Anyway, if you would like a free copy of my memoir, uh, the Inner Voice of Trading, you're more than welcome to grab the audiobook version of it. It's free, Martin Chronicle. Go help yourself. Thanks for being here, and I will see you tomorrow.